This episode of Bucky's Basement is brought to you by Decca Gray Coffee Company. Are you tired of mediocre coffee that just doesn't hit the spot? I am. Look no further than Decca Gray Coffee Co., your ticket to the perfect brew. Experience the rich, robust flavors you deserve. Visit DeccaGray.com today and take your coffee game to the next level. At Decca Gray, they're passionate about coffee. They roast it fresh to order and ship it directly to your doorstep. We have an exclusive for all our listenership out there. Go to DeccaGray.com and use promo code Bucky's Base to get 10% off an order of any size. That's B-U-C-K-Y-S-B-A-S-E. Decca Gray Coffee Company. Mmm. <laughs> Bucky's Basement. Welcome to another episode of Bucky's Basement. I'm Bucky, and as always, in the basement with me today, I have Old Boy and Juicebox. And we are back with another episode of Casting Cage. Now, when we started this, we knew that there were going to be some highs and some lows. We knew this was going to be a roller coaster ride of Nick Cage movies, and we've hit a high already. And we're only at night, like in 1989, right? So we yeah, start right. off in '83. I think we hit a high with Raising Arizona. Definitely. Um, yeah. We've hit, uh, I would say, a couple of uh, cho- uh, character choice role lows, but decent movies, right? Um, we've also, in my opinion, hit a very big high with every, uh, expression Nicolas Cage has ever done in the movie that we watched right before this one, which was Vampire's Kiss. It was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. something. Uh, if you haven't seen Vampire's Kiss, we, or listened to that episode, we, uh, encourage it's... you to go back and listen, watch that movie and just soak it all in because that is, uh, peak Nicholas Cage. It really, it's Cage becoming Cage. I don't think we're going to get back to this until the mid '90s when we're in like Face Off. Um, I mean, that, I think that's the next time we see like crazy uh, psychotic no. Nicholas Cage. No, no we're um, going to see him before that. Yeah, there's. Oh God, I can't remember what the movie is. There's a movie that he has a supporting role in that is what this is from. That is my Nick Cage. I don't know about you guys, but that's the one Uh, that I'm in love with. Um, Same. That's why we're here. But I'm not in love with this Nick Cage that we're going to talk about today. It's so, I think, once we get into it, I think I know what his shtick is in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm interested to hear that because I could not figure it out really. All right, let's get into it. And we've dove into it. So this week we are covering uh, 1989's appropriate title. Let's see if I can do this right. Uh, Tempo di Uccidere. Oh, right? fuck off. Uh, or, uh, in English, it's Time to Kill. Yes. Not the 1996 uh, Time to Kill. A Time to Kill. Yeah. A it's Time just to Kill. Time to Kill, because it literally, if you have, uh, that's all this is, is a time kill. Yes. <laughs> it's not a time kill. It Look, is. if you guys have not seen Time to Kill, and we don't blame you if you haven't, just don't. still listen to this episode, because it's going to be, we're going to dissect it, and it's going to be hilarious, yep. but... If you're looking to find this, we can only find it on YouTube and uh, an app called Freebie, yeah. which I think is kind of tagged on to Amazon. The last time I watched a movie on Freebie, it was doing this exercise, and I had to watch like um, ads every 15 minutes in the oh, movie, and they were like six or seven minute ads. So I watched this on Freebie, and it says play with ads. I didn't get a single ad in this one. So if you want to watch... Nobody would pay to have their advertisement for this movie? <laughs> that that is rough. It. That's interesting. If you want to watch Time to Kill straight through, get on your uh, TV and go to Freebie. Those are free movies that you can watch with ads. So, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to ask, is the version that you watched, was it in Italian or was it in English? It was in English. Okay. I think yeah. there, it is in English because I, I did look this up. This movie never released in American theaters. I uh, wonder why. It only released in uh, Venice and Italy. Those poor people. Yes. Um, because this <laughs> hey, is... they probably loved it. This is Nick Cage's <laughs> Only completely foreign film to date. Right. Um, Is it really even now up to date? Like right now, he hasn't done any foreign films. Nothing. Hmm. Not not past this. Everything everything Man. else has been in uh, Hollywood cinema, if you can call it that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, time to kill. We're gonna run through some stats real quick. It got a whopping nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes currently. <laughs> 
Uh, it's sitting on 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. That's uh, I, I cannot find any uh, information about how much it cost to make this. No, I there could... was, yeah, it was information bare on the internet. There yeah. was, I could not find anything. I found myself like diving down, reading all these random reviews that people had written about Same. the movie, just trying to get some Same. extra bit of info, and it, I couldn't. Well, to give it a pop, it does have a 71% uh, like this movie on Google users. So it, it may be some kind of aftermarket cult thing. Or bots. Yeah. I, mm. I, I, I want to know what Nick Cage's life was like when he decided to do this movie. Because all I can think about is, and our viewership is probably, or listenership has probably seen this movie, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when... Uh, what, what's, what's his name? Al Pacino convinces Leonardo DiCaprio to go and do the foreign films. Right. And they were spaghetti, Italian films. Spaghetti Westerns. Yes. Yeah. I feel like somebody convinced Nick Cage that this was a good idea. And he goes over there and the whole, and he, I'm sure he arrives in Italy. And he's like, oh, great. A movie featuring me and nobody else anybody's ever heard of. I mean, maybe some of these actors were big in Italy, but yeah. I don't understand why. This wasn't released in America, or Ter- like it was he, terrible. He did this. Like, so uh, for I money. have two theories, and I don't have anything to back either one of them up. There, I'd just love something. to hear them though. So one theory is that Vampire's Kiss did pretty poorly, right? Like we we yeah, like it didn't make its money back, or I can't remember if it made its money back, but anyway, it did poorly. So this is like his exile movie. Like he had to go and make another movie because in a different country, because no one wanted to cast him this next year or something like that. Okay. Or he just wanted to go on vacation in uh, Tanzania or wherever they shot this movie and was just like, fuck it. I'll do it for, I'll go over there for six weeks. I'll do some mediocre acting in this movie. I'll kind of cage it up a little bit and I'll get paid for taking a vacation. See, I like that theory a lot better. Although it seems like it was very hot there because I'm pretty sure he's sweating in every scene in this movie. Sure. Well, yeah. It's a desert, like tropical country, right? Yeah. Like it really is. You get some beach scenes, you get some uh, lake scenes, uh, and we're yeah. gonna get into that. But let's get into Time to Kill again. The 1989. What are we gonna call this? Drama action. Um, it's a drama. Yeah, for it's sure. a drama, drama yeah. for sure. So um, uh, we'll go ahead and start with the notes. When when the opening credits roll, I was just blown away and surprised, and knew I was in for a treat when I saw. Um, the, the famed composer Ennio Morricone, yeah, uh, the yeah. one that Tarantino uses a lot or has used in the past. He's been he's won like so many Grammys for scores. He did the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Yes, Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, he did all the he did a, a lot of old spaghetti westerns. He yeah. has scored over four hundred movies, is what I read. Holy shit! Um, and that makes sense, I guess, why he did this one. Uh, his his score was to me, it made the movie. The, these intense scenes, I'm watching this with my wife, at least the last 30 minutes of it, right. last night. And okay. she's like, the music over some of these scenes just makes it so much more dramatic. And yeah. I, like, if with no music, this movie would have been complete trash. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. But with these, just like the little creaks and like the the stuff that gets under your skin, that you know that that music that you hear behind certain scenes just makes it more intense. Sure, he did okay. a great job okay. in this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're right. All right, yeah, I give it to you. So it opens, and what we're gonna do is kind of dive into the story real quick. But before we do that, and before we get into again the acting and everything else, we have this segment that we like to do that we call plot by juice box. All right, this one's going to be easy. I'm going on IMDb for the plot this week. Time to kill. In 1936, when Ethiopia is being invaded by the Italian army, Lieutenant Silvestri sets off for the nearest camp hospital to take care of a, do- a toothache. En route, he <laughs> don't make me laugh, man. Sorry. En route, he meets a young Ethiopian girl, which leads to a tragic course of events that devastates his entire life. I don't agree with hardly any of this. No, description. no, no not at all. Yeah, uh, the toothache. 1936 toothache. Lieutenant Silvestri in Ethiopia. That's what I agree yeah, with. That's yeah. That. <laughs> all right, we're going to explain now, to you why. Now, plot by juice box. Plot oh. by juice box. Time to kill. A fascist trying to take over a desert country spirals into madness after raping a native girl. Boom. Yeah, I mean um, that's it. I I, I kind of wrote a, a plot also. I put the real plot is a guy goes out with the boys, contracts an STD, and murders a woman, learns nothing, goes home. 
So it, like a bachelor party movie. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it could be. Um, all right. So let's get into this because uh, the acting, like Nick Cage. All right. So we've seen some crazy Nick Cages so far, right? We've we've seen nasally Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. We have seen just over the top vampires kiss. Uh, you know, male chauvinistic. Nick Cage. Yeah. Right. We've seen what was a high school Nick Cage and yeah. old Nick Cage. Well, that's the same nasally one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Um, like uh, Valley Girl, whatever Val- it was at that. Like yeah, a surf bad boy, boy or something. Yeah. Bad, bad boy. Surfer Nick Cage. boy. We have never seen Nick Cage as an Italian who is doubling as an American because he can't even just utter the Italian accent. So I, I did read this. He is supposed to be Italian in this movie, and I thought he was just a sh- soldier that joined the Italian army from America. That would have been better. He's been trying to do accents in all the movies that we've watched him in, and he doesn't attempt one hardly at all in this. It- doesn't even attempt it. Dude, he could have done his moonstruck accent in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he totally could. Uh, but he, he fails to do it. That's crazy. Moonstruck came out before this. Right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, dude, that, that blows me away. It's weird. So the movie opens with uh, Nick Cage as a soldier, soldier in the Italian army, and he has a toothache. That's the first thing we learn in this movie. And I'm like, dude, like. Yeah, it's so bad. He wakes up in the middle of the night, and he's like, man, I got to go. My toothache. Got this toothache. Yeah. So he's got to roll out of like his barracks at camp. And just go on the road with this random dude who's driving him around. To con- some construction site? To a construction site because they might have a doctor. Right. Okay. All but right. we're talking like backwoods Italy here. No, they're or, not in Italy. Or Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Right. Um, I forgot. The Italian army is invading Ethiopia currently. Yeah. What war is this again? The, the Italian-Ethiopian war. Like, I can't remember. It has some... This is the second Italian-Ethiopian war. I was looking up his, some history on it last and night. And that's real. Yeah. So I need to brush up on my history because I've never even heard uh, of yeah, the Italian-Ethiopian It war. all has to do with like Mussolini took over in uh, 1919 and then tried to become like expansionist, like spreading out and took it, taking over. They tried to take it before he was in power. I don't even know if people want to hear this. No, but yeah, I do. I actually, I'm kind of like, man. So, like, in the 1800s, Italy tried to take over Ethiopia and was defeated, like, pretty soundly. Okay. So, they come back in the 30s um, when they have Benito Mussolini as their fascist dictator leader. Um, so, they come back, try to take it over because they want to start expanding again. Gotcha. So, they're doing better this time around because they have more modern weapons and whatnot. Gotcha. And they're like, just invaders. Like William Walker without the alcohol? Yeah. Without the drunk people. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd yeah. be something like that. So, again, we open with a soldier with a toothache. We're learning about his journey to get to a doctor to fix his tooth. Um, right. He, he gets in a wreck with a random dude uh, driving down the road who advises him not to walk the rest of the way because it's going to be multiple hours to get to this construction site that may or may not have a doctor. Right. And he says, fuck it, I'm out. And I'm walks. Gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You keep seeing cutbacks. And this is the first time in this movie where I was like, mm, what's going going on because it's like flashback and forth Mm -hmm. to current day where he's telling the story about what happened to him that day yeah um, or those those couple of days he was on this journey and it just keeps flashing back and forth right and i was like this is is this creative for italian cinema or is this well he yeah so like he goes he walks off right to the construction site and his buddy back at the base is like man my buddy Silvestri, right and then and then he just shows up it seems like the next day he's like, man, where you been? And then Nick Cage has this story sure, and tells this story about where he left. So he got, he gets in a car wreck and then he encounters the construction site. Right. Mm-hmm. And encounters this dude, yeah. <laughs> this white dude who's just like, Oh yeah, man, I know where you need to go. You need to go down this shortcut. This movie can be broke down into a couple of different sections, and I've got this. Because okay. we're going to start right. at the beginning, but these sections are the shortcut stories is what I'm going to call them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything right. that happened on the shortcut. The cut and hand story, the doctor on the beach, robbed by his buddy, and Johannes. Um, these okay. are like right. the, Those are the five different... Turning points or something? I think they're different movies. Like I, I think they're hmm. all little short films the way I watched it, at least. But let's start with the shortcut because, again, Nick Cage arrives on this construction site. This guy says, hey, 
there's a doctor down this road. You have to walk right. maybe a couple of miles. You go down this this little path in the woods. You find this lake. You find a road. The road leads to the base or yeah. whatever. And uh, this guy is wearing a like cotton life beater or something it's it's like a cotton designer vest but he's shoveling and he's working on this you know construction site i guess bridge or something he's like digging in this very nice dirty vest uh but you could tell it used to be nice who is he supposed to be working for like he wasn't working for the italians right it didn't seem that way it just seemed like a dude yeah he just walked up on this site yeah later found dead which never explained never explained very random um but he tells Nick Cage to go, or what, what's his name in the movie? Sylvester. Silvestri. That's his last name. Enrico Silvestri. Enrico. All right, so he tells Enrico to go down this uh, path. First thing he encounters on this path is a dead horse. He looks at it, he's like, yeah, okay. Oh, hold on, before he goes, the guy who gave him the shortcut says, good luck. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. as Nick Cage is heading down the path, he's like, "Good luck." Yeah, in a very in a way that's like would make me stop short and be like, "Now hold on." Yeah, I ain't fucking. Doing no one, this. no one wishes somebody good luck like that out of good intentions. But I'm still on the idea that Nick Cage is an American fighting in the Italian army, and then maybe he thinks that's how Italians like send people off. Okay, they right. say good luck. I didn't see anything <laughs> anything past that. I'm gonna uh, tell you good luck later when I leave. So he's walking down. <laughs> He's, he's walking down this path. He sees a dead horse, walks by it. I don't see the point of the dead horse. They found it again later in the movie. And then the next thing that happens is probably the greatest thing that happened in this movie. He lights a cigarette <laughs> and sees an iguana on a rock and thinks it's funny to put oh, the wow. cigarette in the iguana's mouth. And you got a smoking iguana like that, that has literally 10 minutes into the movie. That has to be the Nick Cage thing. Do you think right. a yeah. smoking iguana? We're going to put this cigarette in this iguana's <laughs> mouth, you guys. That's a or good I'm point. I'm not doing the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. That doesn't seem All like right. that would be written in. It looked like a Budweiser commercial. I mean, it looked like people have been doing this for years. How that iguana held that cigarette in its mouth. It was impressive. It was a cool looking lizard. I'd hang out <laughs> with that lizard. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, he just seems real cool. Yeah. Um, then what happens next is a repeat of what we saw in Vampire's Kiss. So we are starting kind of a trend that hopefully we get out of uh, as we breach into the 90s uh, with Nick Cage movies because uh, he then stumbles upon a nude bathing Ethiopian woman uh, and kind of not the lake that he's looking for, but a stream. I guess. Yeah. yeah Somebody like a water. waterfall around. She's naked. It's funny. Like I was, I was clowning on the mail. Like, man, there's no nudity. And then I honestly, and I then thought there that was, was a boy. The, I thought it was a dude. Yeah, I thought it was a dude, too. And I was like, what's going on here? In the water, right, I thought right. it was a boy. Right. Like, okay. Just okay. because he stumbled upon an Ethiopian kid. <laughs> yeah. And then he calls that person over, and she comes out of the water right. in like this very nude fashion. And then you're like, all right, kind of. That's you know. the culture, right? All yeah. right. So it's like, all right. But then Nick Cage gets. Uh... That's where it gets weird because the next thing I wrote it like when she gets when she comes out of the water to where he's at on the side of the bank, he touches her with both hands on both arms like immediately. Yeah. Like never yeah. seen this woman, never talked to her, never anything. But he creepily touches her, and then the very next thing I wrote was, "Wait, what is happening? Rape." Yeah, um, I was yeah. like, "Damn!" Immediately, like, dude, just, and then gave her a Bible as a yeah, and a watch. But well, right, I mean, lays her down in the grass, and she's resisting, and then he proceeds to uh, yeah, and have then, sex without consent. We'll say yeah. that because then, it gets weirder. Because after he, you know, Nick cages her, uh, she's somehow cool with it. So I I read a theory online. It was that he is telling this story. So he's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. So he's telling the old buddy that she was into him or whatever after the fact. Or right. like, you know, they were you know having their little love thing or whatever yeah i don't know if that's true i don't i don't know if i want to give this movie that much credit but it does seem that way yeah like i could see that but i could also see the opposite because he's telling his buddy how it went down he's like oh you know she was really into it but i could see the opposite of she ended up dead 
he moved so fast on her that she didn't have time to like mentally think about this. And then we'll think once the deed was done, she was like, Oh, okay. I have a male suitor. I don't know. Well, Mm. I I don't know. It's a bad way to think about it. Things got domestic real quick. If his story's true, all of a sudden she's like making dinner for him in the cave and stuff. And it's like, they, they found a cave as a home. And then like, Things are progressing. Old boy was absolutely right. Uh, he tried to pay her off after this uh, rape on screen with a Bible, and then she fell in love with his watch. Right. Um, so he gave her the watch because, obviously, you just raped somebody, so you're trying to do anything that you can to, um, what, mentally get out of this? Or yeah. uh, didn't seem to bother him too much. It, it didn't right. because I just feel like this is, you know, th- this whole culture of, like what? What year was this? A set, a 60s, 70s? What that this took place? Oh, 36, right? Yeah, 36. But but it did bother him though because all right. So so get to the next part. And no, I'll, I was going to say there's this culture of 70s and like 80s movies where rape for, is like less. They they kind of lessen it. Yeah, to where is, it's well, a like, point. Like with Valley Girl, I, there's a lot of you know examples out there. I yeah. mean, I think. You know, what was a vampire's kiss? I mean, it, it kind of ended pretty quickly. Yeah. And anyway, uh, so you yes, might be onto he, something there. He, um, he takes this woman, this Ethiopian woman. They kind of, you know, he can't go anywhere that night. They go in a cave. She makes him dinner the next day or something like that. They yeah. spend a couple of days together or something. And then uh, some creepy animal, which was like a monkey or something. I think it was a, a hyena. A hyena yeah. approaches the cave one night when he wakes up, and he tries to shoot it, but he is the like the worst shot. He uh, should that, not be that, a captain. That, yeah. That's something. He cannot shoot a gun. He tries several times in this movie. I don't think he kills a single person. No. Uh, no. A single, meanfully. No. Yeah, I was going to say. Not meaningfully. <laughs> yes. right. He does kill one person meaningfully. Correct. Uh, okay. I got that. Uh, so he shoots a, at this hyena, and the gunshot reflects off the wall, kills the Ethiopian Ricochets, girl. Ricochets, Then he has her. to cover his steps, and he buries her under rocks. Well, and, that's just it. If he did something, it's because he knew he did something bad. So he had that rape. Yeah, I think the whole thing. And I think that's him covering it up. Like, because he knew he did. Otherwise, why would you do all that? Why would you go through Hmm. all those steps? So I wonder then, was there ever a hyena? Or Probably. did he just kill this lady? I think he just killed her. No, uh, you guys are reading way too much into this. I don't think I, so, I'll take man. it for the surface of what it is. I and, mean, there was a hyena that approached the mouth of a cave. He tried to shoot at it. He missed. Gunshot rec- or bullet rec- ricochets off the cave, hits the woman. She's dead. He's got to cover up a murder now, right? Because he thinks <laughs> it looks like a murder. Right. Well, okay. I mean, then let's let's go on. But honestly, why would it even matter? They're invading a country like he's not going to get busted for murdering somebody. They're murdering people like left and right. Exactly. This is where his moral compass comes back into play. A couple of times in this movie. You think he has a moral compass? There's a couple of examples uh, later on when he talks about his wife and things like that. But I've got a theory on that. Not a theory. I've got a statement on that about how we'll get into it so the next thing that happens is he makes it back to camp right he immediately confesses to the guy his buddy that he did all this because he wants them to understand that this was an accidental murder yeah yeah exactly he's he's that's his version of the events and somewhere along the line he cuts his hand uh or they are together or something happens to his hand where this spirals out of control a little bit. This turns into now he thinks he has this disease that this Ethiopian woman gave him. Well, he comes back. Probably through the three times they had intercourse that day. I counted all three of them. Okay, I'm uh, glad. One you day, were, three times. All right, so Three times? I don't even remember the one time. Yeah, yeah. The, I was so because disturbed. there was rape. Uh, the second two were consensual. Okay. All right. So he come, when he gets back to base, he goes out with his boss and his buddy, right? And they get drunk, and yep. they're talking about because he's getting furloughed. That means he's getting released from the army to go back home. Correct. To and they were joking. They're like, brother, this is furlough. Us coming out here, getting away from our wives and oh, yeah. getting the fuck around. This is the furlough. Going back is not. And that is why my plot is like the way it is. I'm like, these are just dudes out having a fucking good time and fucking off and fucking around with they zero consequences. They didn't do any war. That, I mean, there was that no like. Yeah. yeah. 
There was, you're right. It, I feel like a lot of army movies are just like they sent and, and I, I'm not discrediting at all. And I want to say that up front, but I feel like a lot of army movies or portrayals are just dudes having fun out in the desert, which we know cannot always be the, the no, truth. Right? can't yeah. always be, be the case or the truth, but that's how it's portrayed. Right. And these dudes are just having fun, having their way with Ethiopian women on a yeah. trail. Like mm. they get, yeah, they, they go to like a, they hook up with some prostitutes, right? Or so they say the boss is like telling Nick Cage, he's like, hey, I got some women for you. Go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's his buddy. And his buddy goes up to talk to these women who he's told are prostitutes, and he gets a closer, he gets close to them and sees that they're not prostitutes, they're, uh, they're lepers. And then it freaks him out. He comes back. He's like, it's not funny. And he's like, yeah, that's how you know who they are is they wear the white shroud. Well, Nick Cage is thinking, "Oh shit, old girl, was old one. girl was wearing yep. a white shroud when I met her." And then, uh, so now he's a leper, now and he's thinking, that now yep. begins the next part of the story, which is him searching for a cure for leprosy. <laughs> is he ser- okay? I, I mean, I, is that, I mean, is he searching for a cure? Or is he just like? It seems like he's just searching for a way out of the country. Like he's trying to stow away on that boat. He's exactly. trying to like. True, but he visits that doctor. Um, yeah, and it's like, hey, I'm asking for a friend, but like, <laughs> yeah. like if he, yeah, the, the doctor seems first of all, that doctor, if, that doctor setup sweet, right? He's right on the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a beautiful setup, and then he starts saying that it's not asking. It was initially asking for a friend. Then he's writing a novel. Exactly. Like all yeah. of a sudden, Nick Cage is writing a novel like, on hypothetically, leprosy. If, uh, uh, if a guy slept with a girl with leprosy and he's got his hand cut like this. The doctor tells him it would take like ten to fifteen years or something like that to like fully, but but it'll right. eat away your inside slowly. So now he's a hypochondriac, right? Like I, I feel like I wrote that down. I, I put does he have hypochondriac disease? Because the the mm. the way that they explained it in this book, I said weird descriptions in the book, weird descriptions from the doctor that this is a disease that eats away with you, eats away at you over time. But you can live to be very old with this disease sure. and yeah. never know it. And I was like, okay, so now he just thinks he has this disease and he's overplaying it. It's a he feels bad about getting leprosy, right? But it's not about. But he's still trying to go home, so he's like, "Okay, I may have leprosy, so fuck it, I'll go home and get my wife leprosy." Yeah, and he's trying to stow away on the boat and like trying to like he's not thinking about other people at exactly. all. He, he knows that he's going to have to go if he does have leprosy, he's going to have to go live in a quarantine colony when he like gets back. First of all, this, I want to talk about the boat just briefly. Because this is 1936, mm-hmm. and how much money were those people charging the stowaway on the boat? Like thirty thousand dollars or something like that. Thirty thousand lira or whatever their their okay. yeah, currency is. Yeah, even at fifty cents on the dollar, if the dollar. Was I mean, strong, probably was not even that. I mean, it was probably like I don't know. It gotcha. probably probably wasn't that much money, but who knows? Um, I don't know the currency. I yeah. don't. He seemed pretty freaked out about that amount. Yeah, um, and he wanted to get on credit a lot in this movie too. The next thing I have is robbed by his buddy. Do you guys remember this part? I, I don't like. I don't remember him being robbed. I remember him robbing somebody else. Ooh, right. Remember? Robbed. Okay, never mind. He robbed his buddy. Right. I, he robbed I, his I robbed boss. His, I didn't put by. He robbed his, his boss. His boss takes him somewhere and he and he and gets him a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he just straight gives leprosy to old girl and then robs his boss. This dude is a is a he, he he's he's got dick leprosy i bet and then we and see like when the boss confronts him right realizes his pouch is light he you know right. he's missing a bunch of money he drives down the road in his car and nick cage is again on this walking journey that he just loves to walk yeah. he stops and we see like the pretty much only nick cage overreaction or freak out or big you know blow up moment in this movie yeah and, and it's uh it's not as big as Vampire's Kiss. It's like coming off that movie. Like, I feel like this was a very subdued Nick Cage the whole time. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that may be the reason that some people might not like it. Um, I thought the way that it was broke down in scenes was really well. I, I thought, you know, he robs a buddy, or his buddy, boss, whatever he is. He, guy yep. leaves. He threatens him. He leaves. Um, and then we stumble through the woods and we find Johannes 
And yeah. I think the Johanna story gets real interesting real quick. All right. Let's lay it on me because I was. So he stumbles through these woods. He's, he's continuing on his journey trying to find a cure for his disease. Right. And mm-hmm. he is he is almost on his deathbed at this point. It's like well, it took over real quick. So, OK, I wrote down that similar to uh, the last movie where I'm pretty sure he just had rabies the whole entire time. Right, so, right. I think in this movie, he's just super dehydrated the whole time, and he's, like, going crazy, <laughs> like, losing his mind. I, I buy it. I buy it. He's, okay. He's consumed with guilt. Uh, he'd been doing a lot of drinking, and, uh, yeah, I buy it. So he's, he's walking through the woods, and he's just trying to find a way out, right? He's trying to find a way out of Ethiopia, trying to get back to Italy. Um, before I get into Johannes real deeply, because this is a weird part for me, um, I put, I wrote this note and I stopped the movie and I put, well, two notes, one real quick. I'm going to plug this. I said, I feel like they show you this movie at like community college film school. Um, <laughs> it's just like weird artsy, but not, uh, but people would recognize Nick Cage. So they might stay into it. Okay. But anyway, in the movie I put, he fucked up, he knows it. And now he just wants to escape and get back to his wife who he cheated on through Correct. rape. Um, I said, there's something there. It's like the massive amount of uh, unbearable talent, right? Okay. It's um, being embarrassed. It's it's his comfort is guilt. His, is guilt. It's, it's, it's guilt. It's one hundred percent guilt, and he wants to get back to his wife because he feels like that's a safe place. Nobody knows what happened over there. He can restart his life. Sure. That's a fucking. You, he can if leave you, all this bullshit. If you can't deal with your what you decisions you make, like, and yeah. you think that you can just go cower under a blanket, which is your wife or like home or home whatever, or whatever it is. But no, he's a fucking dick, dude. Like he's so he, he's a bad it, person. It, he's he's terrib- a very bad person. Terrible. Yeah. Um, makes a lizard smoke a cigarette. Um, <laughs> That's he not a bad part. Rape. Um, yeah, he steals, uh, he kills. Dude, all right, so... He, he, almost, he, he almost... It's attempted murder on the doctor on the beach. And yeah. This is the second yeah. part of, like, did he mean to hit him or no? And I wrote down, did he shoot uh, Miriam twice, the chick? Because... He did. At the end, they show it again. Yeah, I yeah. think he shot... So he shot her twice, and, and I guess you could say the second shot was, what, for Mercy, but... yeah. Um, yeah, because she was just dying from that stomach wound. And earlier in the movie, he asked his buddy like how something long? about his stomach wound, how long it takes him to die, and he said it's the most painful thing, most painful, right. you know, place to be okay. shot. Okay. A la, uh, what, what's I can't even think of the movie Reservoir Dogs. We all learned that in Reservoir oh, Dogs. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Mister Orange. Yeah, um, it, it's but a it bad looked one. like it looked like when he was carrying her in his first storyline to his buddy that she died. And it was well. He told her that she died before the morning or whatever. Right. Like she died in the night is what he said. Yeah. So, but then to come to find out, he shot her twice. I don't know. Something just. I don't know. I. I. I, I wrote down, covered up the crime scene, guilt. Uh, but he left his pants. Remember, like some little yeah. kid finds his pants, gives it back to him. Right. Which is which the I don't soldiers know. never find when they're like searching the grounds. Yeah, there's or, something. Or they they watch it. They watch the kid try to give his pants back, and, and and the motherfucker went and got the watch back. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. He did get the watch back. That's yeah. seen very early in the movie. So so next we get to uh, again the, yeah. the kind of the uh, ending yeah. of this movie is Nick Cage is continued journey he finds this village in the middle of the woods which looks awesome but there's only one dude there uh, which is kind of awkward um but there's this one guy in this village and um it's got shelter and everything else and nick cage is kind of like a sherpa and he starts to treat this guy like shit like he starts yelling at him like that guy owes him something when he's just trying to help right right um so the guy feeds him nurses him back to health uh, eventually, you, you see you know them be, develop sort of a friendship, and then Nick Cage realizes that this dude is the Ethiopian chick that he raped and murdered's dad. Right. Yeah. And he just confesses everything to the guy, like it's gonna make them closer or yeah. friends. I didn't yeah. get that at all. Like I, I was so. I mean, I felt I understand that he is super guilty, but like, come on, man. Not right. only, Turn yourself in. Right. 
not only does he confess this to this guy, he takes him to the scene of his daughter and like unburies her. Yeah. And then the guy, right. you see this weird part of the movie where you think Johannes is going to Kill. whack yeah. Nick Cage right there. Right. Yeah. But he has self-control and he doesn't. Takes him back to the camp and fixes the thing on his hand that he thinks is like leprosy. Yeah. So, and he, during that time, he tells her that Maram or whatever, I can't remember exactly what her name is, something like that. Miriam. Yep. Miriam did not have leprosy. Right. Oh, that was it. So the whole time he was freaking out, which is something like another thing I read online is that in the translation to this, apparently the translation from English to Italian was so poor that they screwed that up and said that she did have <laughs> leprosy. So it completely changes like the whole meaning of everything. Like, Wow, that would be a better movie. I guess it would be like if he was like, yeah, she wasn't sick, but yeah, she so, really was sick, motherfucker. So, <laughs> so that's be pretty good, be good revenge. Yeah, that is pretty much it. Basically, Johannes fixes his hand, forgives him for murdering his and raping his daughter. I don't even know if he admitted that he raped her. Uh, and then the next scene you see is him on a boat, like being shipped back to italy yeah joking about this entire ordeal dude no repercussions or anything at at all all. gets on the boat goes right back to his old life back to his family gets discharged from the army like no lesson learned it's it's like when you were a little kid and you got away with something and you knew you were going to get away with it forever yeah um and and it there's a lot of little kid uh trend like translation or whatever from nick cage to to what he went through right not remorseful for anything that he did. He At was all. demanding of a guy who was trying to help him. He was, I mean, he robbed his best friend and boss and mentor. Yeah. I mean, he did so many bad things in this movie. He is a very bad person. Yeah. Right. Why did he want to take this role? Like, what in the script did he see into this that would say, hey, this might uh, project me from Vampire's Kiss was a flop back into the United States into my next role, which oddly enough, a couple of years later, he won an Academy Award for Best Actor. But he had to take a little brief detour and stop in Italy. I mean, I'm saying it's the uh, vacation thing. He took a year off of making films in Hollywood, went out there, did that film, put forth limited effort. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Maybe he took that, he bought that car from the uh, Vampire's Kiss money and then <laughs> took it to Tanzania and then uh, just, just like toured the country, yeah. shot a film, shot a little indie uh, art house Italian film and said, screw it. Yeah, because he's, like we said before, he's making no effort to do an accent or anything. Like he's just barely, he's barely acting like Nick Cage. He's exactly. Just, it's just uh, uh, going through the motions, really. Yeah, it's very flat. Yeah. Um, do you guys, all right, so we, that, I mean, that's pretty much our, our review of the movie. Did you guys come up with the movie marriage for this? For me, it was really hard. Um, um I did a movie, I did a movie marriage. I could not find a tagline. Did y'all find a tagline? I couldn't find a tagline anywhere and I was like looking hard for it. Yeah, same. Uh, and as a result, I don't think I wrote one. The, the movie marriage, you said you had one. So movie marriage is a thing that we do on, on this podcast where we take two movies and we marry them and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And and whatever comes out of, uh, these two movies is what we just watched. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, here's my movie marriage for this. And this is, uh, all right. Do y'all remember the movie? Very bad things. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they kill oh, yeah, that's a good movie. In Vegas. Yeah, they go out oh, on a bachelor yeah. trip, and then uh, they kill that lady. Um, and then they have to cover it up, and shit goes to shit. So, and then, that's right. And also, and I married it with the English patient, which I've never seen. Hmm. <laughs> Why would you marry it with that, then? Because this is something I, too, I should not have seen. And uh, I think it's like a war period piece. Okay. I mean, think about it. We would have never watched if we weren't doing this podcast. None of us would ever have seen this movie ever, right? Like True. ever, it wouldn't even be on anybody's radar. Yeah. So my movie marriage was a little bit. I, I had some trouble with it. Also, I said behind enemy lines, just okay, because they're behind enemy okay. lines. I gotcha. And then I also picked that episode of Tales from the Crypt with Steve Buscemi and uh, Roger Daltrey, where they go to like the uh, oh, yeah. old the like 
camp in the jungle and he yes. catches that disease and oh, ends up shit. dying from it. I forgot about that. Damn. And then old buddy gets back and like he's kind of guilty and going crazy. But yeah. you know, in that they actually get the disease or whatever. You're right. Yeah. Dang. That's perfect. Um, um I damn. didn't. I actually didn't have a movie marriage. I I wrote down uh, this is what would happen if the movie Tropic Thunder actually became a movie, um, like the movie they were making okay. in the movie right. Tropic Thunder. Uh, I was like, this, you know, I I, I don't know, one way or another. Um, Did you guys have any favorite quotes? Uh, ooh, I didn't write down any quotes. I did not write down. I, any I did. Either. I did write a tagline down that I want to go over because you don't have taglines, uh, right? No, give me a minute and I'll I'll come up with one. No. Uh, I did write down this quote. This is Nick Cage, his Sylvester. I'm tired. I need rest. I will stop here. <laughs> yes that that's pretty much everybody's dialogue in this movie yeah that's that's the first thing he says to johannes uh yeah. from what i remember yeah like he just tells him he's gonna stay there and he's like you don't want to take this money like throws money at him is just really weird yeah um i i didn't necessarily have a tagline but for my tagline i had a great throwback to one of my favorite movies of all time road trip uh, not favorite movies of all time, but okay. one that sticks out to me. Sure, yeah. But I wrote down, that's why they call it a shortcut. If it were easy, it would just be called The Way. Um, <laughs> and this is okay. the shortcut ultimately causes this whole movie to happen, right? Yes. So what did the vest guy see was going to happen? What did he think was going to happen with the good luck and with the go this way and with the this and that? He was going to meet a siren on, like in the water. There's no way he could have predicted that, right? I mean, there's no way that he could have predicted that he would find this lady, rape her, and then think she had leprosy. That yeah. dude would be so prophetic. But, and he died he later dies on. So he's and like, he, yeah. yeah. And it's not explained, right? Like, no. there's no... Uh, okay. I mean, they show, I, I'm confused about that a little bit anyway, because they show like all the members of the family that they show earlier like are dead. Dead. They've been killed by, I guess, the army. So is this just like part of like going to war and taking trying to take over a country is just killing people, random people? Okay, yeah. I don't know, but for the title "Time to Kill," there's not very much killing in this movie, uh, and there was never time to kill anything. Right? No, I he think I think the, the time that got killed was me watching this fucking movie. <laughs> That's what you continue <laughs> to say. I feel like his buddy said that at the end, though, or something. Like said something about it, it being time to kill, or that's just time to kill. There was some. There was a line in the movie that was time to kill. I can't. Remember. I wish I would. From the it preview down. and from the poster of this film, I thought there's going to be a lot more killing. Um, I, I thought there's going to be a lot more war-like related stuff, but it wasn't. It was about one man's journey. I can't even. Is it a journey? Do you call it that? I guess His a journey, journey to into, cure leprosy into madness. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it. I wonder if it could just be like a synopsis of of Italy's invasion. Like mm. if uh, that what you just paint it all into one man's bullshit story, right? This is just kind of the shenanigans. I shouldn't call it a yeah, shenanigans. Rapes, this is the shit that they were getting into. Rapes, there, like, murders, but they're saying no, it was an accident, and then. Uh, you know, then, yeah. then some disease and then, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go home. All right. We have, we haven't learned. We, we have talked about it. We've gone over it. Uh, it's time to move past it. So before we do that, we have got to rate this thing. Um, I'm going to let old boy go first because I already know what his rating is. So yeah, uh, go ahead and pr- smash that button. Which button is it? Just hit I the, feel you, like old boy and I are on the same page on this yeah. one. And honestly, I wish that fuck was about 25 <laughs> seconds long. Yeah. yeah. This movie was so bad. I wrote, I read a review that somebody watched it uh, at one and a half speed on YouTube. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I should have done that. Okay. So, that's how bad I dislike this movie. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. All right. So take the, take the, the story or the context out of the movie, right? I, I, I was Take the story and the context out of the movie. Okay. So you got some scenic shots and some <laughs> yes, and, and, music and any music, right? All right. I'm, so okay. you take that out. I yeah. was, um, captivated. I, I did. I never wanted to end it. I didn't think it got boring. Mm. I wanted to Oof. see what was next. I wanted to see how, uh, it progressed. And I thought it, for an, a foreign Italian film that was all in English for some reason mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only released in uh, foreign countries, um, the score was great. The scenery was great. Okay, yeah. Some yeah. of the shots that the director does are 
pretty good. Yeah, there actually there was a few cinematic like camera angles. I was kind of like, all right. Like, yeah, I uh, guess. I don't know. I, the, the, I didn't think it looked that great. It honestly. kept my attention the whole time, so I'm going to go ahead and give it. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Right. Which I feel like Nick Cage could say after this. I mean, he's tired. He's been in Italy for a I long just, time. He's I wonder wired. how bad a movie has to be for you to hit that fuck button. I, I haven't hit one yet, have I? No. I? I got a question. Do you guys think if Nick Cage had based his character on Sylvester the Cat, if it had been... <laughs> if that, it had been, could still come out. You never know. If it would be better. I mean... Didn't Sylvester the Cat kind of try to like take advantage of that? Or, or no, that was Pepe Le Pew. Never that was mind. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd, no. that'd be Pepe. Yeah. That he he would, would definitely be, do that as that well. That would have been something. Yeah. Well, so before we get out, of, before we end on this, um, I wrote down just a couple other random notes. Like this movie had five writers. Anytime a movie has five writers, it's not a good sign. Yeah. That means the script has been written so many times, rewritten yeah. so many times. That's like true. who knows what this movie was to start off with. It was, <laughs> dude. It was. It was tough to find anything about this movie, man. Like that it poster was. you were talking about. I yep. don't think it's the real poster. I don't. There think was there a was bunch a of poster. different ones. Uh, it's right. all. It's all in uh, Italian. So none of it's in um, English. Yeah. Um, which, again, why didn't they speak Italian in this movie? Why was the whole thing in English? Do you think Nick Cage demanded that? Like probably. I have to be able to understand everybody. Uh, he was the, probably. He, he was the whole budget, probably. Yeah. Because yeah. there was only maybe three other. Four other people with speaking roles, right? His two buddies, the doctor and the dad. Miriam. Did she speak? She did, but she bit. spoke in a different accent. Like yeah, language. she didn't speak and, English. And she yeah. spoke Ethiopian. Did you guys just notice that part where he was yelling at, uh, what What was the dad's name again? Sorry. Uh, Johannes. He was yelling at Johannes, and then it switched into like Italian or something like that, and then it brief. switched back into regular. It was like very jarring. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was brief, but yeah. I, I couldn't figure. I, I couldn't figure out what that if that was supposed to be him just like yelling at that dude in in, in his language. I guess, but even though he was speaking English, right? Like it, that part made no sense, and it took me out. And also, like, yeah, there's the voiceover. There's no voiceover at the beginning of the movie, right? Like he's not voiceovering, no, doing a voiceover. No. So a voiceover comes in of him narrating the movie at an hour and fifteen minutes in, <laughs> which is weird. Like yeah. you just had like it, that means the movie wasn't working and people all weren't understanding, so they had to put some uh, exposition in there. Same thing at the end. Like his buddy had to explain everything. Like did the voiceover at right. the end, and it comes to find out like the dude that he robbed gets killed like shortly after because he took all the bullets out of his gun. So he gets killed by natives. Oh, Nick Cage is a piece of shit in this movie. Damn, he really is. Wow. But he did it, and it is uh, on in print, <laughs> and it is out there for you guys to watch. Again, on Freebie or, or YouTube, if you want to take the time to watch Time to Kill. At one and a half speed. That's the suggestion knock from Old out, Boy. Knock it out in 40 minutes. We. Uh, I mean, honestly, give your honest opinion. You think people should watch this movie. You're going to waste people's time like that. I think if you are a Nick Cage fan, you owe it to yourself to watch the catalog. And I, I, I think, there. I mean, this is fully featured Nick Cage film. This is, could be, what, the second? The second one where he was the main actor, probably the only one where he's the main actor where you don't know anybody else, but he is the main actor through the whole film. So Vampire's Kiss was number one, right? right. Where he wasn't a supporting actor or right. splitting time with somebody else. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot worse movies out there. Uh, Man. We just have different I mean, tastes. name one. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, for the general public out there, you, you acknowledge I would have rather watched this than Moonstruck. I'll tell you that. Oh, not me. I would have watched Moonstruck a hundred yeah. times over this. But movie. Moonstruck was my big frat Greek wedding type stuff. Like it, that I, doesn't excite me. Right. Yeah. But, this but is, Cher was charming. He was somewhat charming in that movie. Like I don't know. It yeah. had some. I know you guys hated that movie, but I would I would live in that movie over watching this movie again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, Fair enough, and that's, that's why we true, do man. this. That's why we jump in the cage uh, every time we do it. I'm still trying to make it work, aren't I? No, but we are casting Nick no matter how you know he has so, to be casted throughout the years. So are we going to go back and watch Birdie? No, and, like, we're so not doing – no, 
birdies off the table, right? Okay. We just we just got through 1989. I know the where we The next movie at. we watch is finally the 90s, right? Yeah. The David Lynch film, A I'm Star excited. is Born. No, what was no. it called? Uh, no. Wild at Heart. Wild, Wild at Heart. Heart. I'm excited. Yeah, so the next one Legit. that we do, the next Casting Cage episode we do is Wild at Heart. It's a David Lynch film. These guys are pumped about it. I don't know what to think. Um, I, I haven't watched anything on it. I haven't seen a preview. Uh, I like going in like that, and I think Time to Kill, because I couldn't find anything on it, kind of helped me okay. just jump into it. Just right, Yeah, just to be absorbed by it. Okay, well, good for you. But, and we love doing these episodes on Bucky's Basement. And if you love listening to us, because I know a lot of you reach out via text, uh, feel free to wherever you're <laughs> to, to, it's your just buddies? to me. Yeah, yeah. Just, all my buddies reach out to me via text. Uh, wherever you're at, feel free to, you know, hit that like button, subscribe, tell anybody that you know. Uh, also tell them that we're on YouTube. You can watch us, you know, each and every hey. week. We're, you know, waving, we're How having fun. Doing? <laughs> we're in, doing lots of waving. <laughs> in Bucky's basement. We're looking at each other a lot uh, with facial expressions. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you like that. Indeed. Fair enough, but um, we thank you for listening to us each and every week. We really enjoy doing this. We want to keep we it do. going. Uh, the only way to keep it going is with you, and you really make this show. So wherever you're listening from, uh, roll down your window and scream Bucky's Basement out, right? Um, anybody, Anytime you're at a bar, tell somebody, just you should listen Man. to Bucky's Basement, right? Yeah. When you get in the next, Nick, next Nick Cage conversation uh, about you know whatever movie he's doing right now, Tell yeah. them there's this little thing called Bucky's Basement where they went all the way back and they they watched these movies for you. Yeah. Just so you could get us. the cliff notes or synopsis on it. Um, with that yeah. being said, we will see you guys next week. Uh, as always, tell your mom and them. I brush my teeth and look in the mirror and laugh out loud as I'm beaming from